Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie is here. We are going to talk Imola. It's a sprint race weekend. We'll give our thoughts on that. I know Frenchie wants to go over again what exactly a sprint race is for everybody. Uh, this will be probably one of our first F1 episodes that also gets uploaded to YouTube. If you're listening, it's sometime midday Friday, so the weekend has already started for F1, but... Yeah, and peep the uh, Gasly hoodie. Uh, but that's I don't I don't think I have anything else to, to oh trivia. How did I almost forget trivia when we finally <laughs> when I finally like actually prepared for it? Okay, I have two. I think both of these are pretty easy, but I've been at a racetrack all day today, so I'm kind of brain dead tired. At what circuit did three drivers set identical pole position times? Bonus point if you can get the year. Perez, 97. All right. That was... Do you want the drivers? No. no. Okay. I, I, can't, I can't. I don't know the time, but I do know that. I think I've yeah. asked you guys that as a trivia question when we did like the trivia episode. Also, since we're on video, I do have an on-air sign here. I don't think it works when it's actually turned on because it just looks like a, a digital blob. I think I, I need to have... turn... Is that? You see, it's like where I'm pointing. Oh, yeah. I think if I turn the sign off, then you can just see it says on air. But we'll worry about that another time. Okay. Who was Red Bull's original team principal? Um, the original team principal? Yes. That's a good question. Has it not just been Christian Horner the whole time? I can't, I can't answer that one for you. I think it was just Christian Horner the whole time, unless I think, unless Helmut Marco did it before him. It is. It has been Christian Horner the whole time. That was a trick okay. question. Got it. Well, that was uneventful as per usual. <laughs> so, what, you what almost got have? me with a trick question. I know. I know. The big news of the week, I think, that we actually got today, so good thing we're recording on a Thursday, is that Carlos Sainz will now remain at Ferrari until the end of 2024. He has a contract extension with Ferrari. What do you think about them signing him back for another two seasons? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's, you know, like I said, I think he's a, a really good fit and where he is there maybe that will give you know Mick Schumacher whoever might eventually slide into that other Ferrari seat kind of more time to you know grow from Haas to I don't know somewhere else to Ferrari eventually or you know maybe it seals the the fate for Mick Schumacher I, I don't think it does I don't think if any he's going anywhere it's Ferrari but I don't have an issue with it I think Two years is is the perfect time to see if signs can be there. You know, as Leclerc continues to get into his racing prime or not, but uh, no issue for me. Yeah, I don't really see who else they would sign in the immediate future, right? As in, if they would replace him at the end of this season. So I think it made sense to put him on at least a contract extension of a year. And two years, I think, just takes a little bit of the pressure off, and maybe we'll see him perform a little bit better just with the mindset of, hey, I've got some time to prove myself and show some results at Ferrari now. 
sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo Jo. Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Yeah, I, I, it, it could be worse. The only reason I'm not like super excited is because I, I want to see. And I think this just goes back to the whole Driver Academy thing. What What's the point of Ferrari having Mick Schumacher and you know, Robert Schwartzman, et cetera, et cetera, as academy drivers when there's never going to be room for 98% of these guys. And that's where my frustration is with someone like Science, who's a goddamn good driver, but not a number one driver. That's fair. But I guess there's a risk of putting one of those young guys in too early and them not even doing as well as Science. I think teams need a number two. Kind of. I mean, we always saw Ferrari have a number two with Rubens Barrichello, Eddie Irvine over the years. I would argue that Felipe Massa was definitely the number two. Yeah. So I think Ferrari tends to have a number one and number two driver. And the number two driver gets some wins, does pretty well. But yeah, I think that's who signs is in this situation. That's how we'll look back on it. That's fair. All right. So sticking with Ferrari... Um, Charles Leclerc had his $320,000 Richard Mille watch stolen from him as he posed with fans in Via Reggio. I don't know. That's what I'm guessing how you say it. An Italian city. And I guess he, the fans stopped him. He was posing with them and somehow they just stole it off his wrist and ran away. And we're not sure whether or not he actually made chase of the thieves or not. There are apparently some, I guess, surveillance videos and some suggestions that he actually tried to catch this person. But he's fine. There's no injuries. It just, it was a special edition watch that cost $320,000. So that's yeah, the price of the, uh, normal Charles people's houses. Leclerc, wasn't it like the Charles Leclerc edition that got, stole, like, got stolen from him? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't just make him another. I guess, I mean, it's terrible that he got it stolen. But it's better that he wasn't injured. It it just seems really crappy of people to pose as fans and take these pictures. And, you know, the driver is being polite to you and stopping as you stop them in public. He's being a good guy. And then you take advantage of that and steal his watch. How are you going to sell this either? Like, (laughs) if it's a special edition, they're going to know exactly what it is. Yeah, pe- people suck. People are dumb. I had 
humanity humanity is letting me down on a daily basis damn so much negativity as Matt yeah let's go doom it. listen we didn't record any car this week so let's go full doom and gloom tonight okay we can do that um yeah so maybe he'll get it back he's not very confident that the police will be able to catch the thieves but we'll see. Maybe he'll get his watch returned. Also, to any uh, anybody like Leclerc, or F1 driver, IndyCar driver, whatever, if you get your watch stolen or something stolen, you get robbed, whatever, like, yeah, it sucks. But please don't go chasing after the guy. It's really just not worth the risk. Like, it never, it just can't end well. What are you going to do? You're, gonna, you're not going to tackle four dudes to the ground to get your watch back. You're just going to end up, like, getting hurt or worse. So... Please don't. Please don't. Yeah, I I think the advice if you get robbed of stuff is just to basically let your property go because your life's more important. So happy that he's okay and that it was just a watch. Obviously, it's hard to say it was just a watch when it cost $320,000 and it probably meant a lot to him because it's, I don't know, special custom made for him. But I'm sure Richard Mill will hear this and make him another one. Yeah. All right. All right. And then the last piece of news to get to before we preview Imola is that a judge has ruled that the Formula One race in Miami will go on despite the attempts of the residents there to stop it. And this, I'm reading a local Miami news article, and these quotes are amazing. I was laughing out loud at these. So what ended up happening was that residents of Miami Gardens, where the F1 race is going to take place, complained that the noise generated by the cars could cause them hearing loss. And they say it's against the city's noise ordinance, which outlaws any noise that unreasonably disturbs, injures, or endangers the comfort of his residents. However, attorneys for the stadium and representatives for the F1 race argue that the ordinance offers exceptions for events that benefit the city and that there's absolutely no evidence that racing will cause harm to the people that are in the surrounding area. Um, so what happened is a judge said neither side offered enough evidence of what the noise levels will actually be and ordered that there's going to be sound monitoring now at this race. <laughs> so they're deferring this case to go on until after the first race so they can see what happens um, to see what the noise levels are. But again, I hate people. <laughs> yeah, the the attorney, one of the attorneys representing the stadium said this is absolutely demonstratively false. Certainly, there's absolutely no basis whatsoever to suggest that there will be physical injury of any kind whatsoever. Yep. And I don't want to side with F1 necessarily because there is a lot of shitty circumstance behind this race and the area in Florida that the race actually is because it's not really in Miami. But yeah, you know, I'm not I have no interest in getting into a political discussion on here. I know the actually... Anna, who from the Racing Innocent, who was on, they discuss it in a much in a much better detail on the political end than we could. So by all means, go check that out. 
I'm not I'm not going to sit here and talk about politics and and everything. It's bad. Like it's not good, but also how many F1 fans do you think like whether they're from Drive to Survive fandom or not spent $2000 on a race ticket? So like, oh yeah, we're going to party in Miami for the weekend. They're 40 I they're 40 miles or 40 minutes, I forget. It 40 might be minutes. The same thing. Yeah, it's like 45 minutes away from, from actual downtown. Miami. Yeah. It's closer to Fort Lauderdale. Okay. We're going to call this the Fort Lauderdale Grand Prix. Doesn't so have the same ring. There's an, an airport, like a separate airport in Fort Lauderdale. And then there's Miami International Airport. And a lot of yeah. the time, if I went down to Miami, because my family used to live there, parts of my family, you could fly into Fort Lauderdale because it is like 40 minutes away and it's a lot cheaper. But so that's that's kind of how far away this is, that the city actually has a separate airport. Uh yeah, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> the uh, the other quote from the other side, just to be fair, I want to read is that the attorney representing some of the residents of Miami Gardens said, my clients are doing nothing but living their day-to-day lives in their homes that they've owned for decades and paid taxes on. It's the defendants, particularly the stadium defendants and the city as well, who are about to violate the law and cause them harm. So what he's saying is my clients have lived in delusion and now want money for it. Please give them more money. I, to me, it sounds like, I mean, the political argument about where the race is taking place is completely different than this, I think. This just sounds like a bunch of Karens complaining about racing and saying that it's going to be too loud and it's going to hurt their ears. It's the same, it's the same people in Florida right now that are like all angry at Disney for being, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 I mean. It's just, yeah. Florida people are nuts. They find. I mean, we knew that. Florida people are. About. Florida people, except for the ones that listen to this show, are all are majority not smart people. Um, I'm just gonna say that there's a large population of South Florida that is particularly elderly, and so I'm just imagining like a bunch of white-haired old ladies getting really upset that there are gonna be loud race cars on a sunday i mean it's, this their is book a nascar like yeah nascar like I, cody bray and i were talking about it last night like nascar cars are just like loud to be loud like it's not oh, like yeah an enjoyable race car sound no you need hearing protection in the stands yeah. for a nascar race i've you need yeah, hearing protection that. in a media center during a nascar race okay when they've when they've been at ims like it's it's difficult it's still like it's not enjoyable but I mean, these F1 cars, I mean, it's not even like they're like the V10 era. Like this is, I, I know people like joke and say like, oh, this is the quietest. These engines are like electric engines. No, they're still loud, but they're, you're, you're not going to break a bone because of how loud the car is. Yeah. I mean, I think if you have hearing damage, it's going to be the people who are at the race. If you, are like standing right up by a car or something. Yeah, I mean, and even that is questionable. You're definitely not going to receive hearing damage if you live in the surrounding community. Just stay inside. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry this disturbs those people, but it's kind of a a small inconvenience, I hope, for them. And then it'll pass, and it's one weekend a year. But we'll keep an eye on this moving forward to see how this legal battle ensues it's kind of interesting 
So sprint racing. We have a sprint race coming up this weekend. It's the first sprint race of the year. And I just wanted to recap quickly before I give everyone the schedule and we make our predictions, what the sprint race format looks like. And so we have free practice one, which is actually on Friday um, at 7.30 a.m. Eastern time. Okay. And then right after that, there's a 60-minute qualifying session at 11 a.m. Eastern time. And that sets the grid for Saturday's sprint race. But before the sprint race, there's practice two at 6.30 a.m. on Saturday morning, followed by the sprint race at 10.30. And so it's a 100-kilometer sprint race, which sets the grid for Sunday's race. And then the top eight drivers that finish in the sprint race will get points towards the championship. And then obviously the race is on Sunday at 9 a.m. and it's 63 laps at Imola. So sprint racing, what what are your thoughts about this? Didn't like it last year. Thought it was a complete waste of time. I just didn't see the point when it was essentially, you know, only the podium got points. And with a reasonable assumption, you could figure out who the top three were going to be. At least two out of the top three were going to be. So after the first corner of the first lap, it was pretty much just follow the leader with few changes. Making it to where there are eight drivers that get points at least has me hopeful that it's going to be interesting. Now, I love Imola. I think it's a beautiful track. It's really cool. Doesn't necessarily in the past lend itself to a lot of passing, so... I'm not going to say like this is the best place for a sprint race, but I am more intrigued to see what will happen in the sprint race than I was after the first one last year. So, you know, the results are a little bit more topsy-turvy. Like you could say, oh, it's probably going to be Leclerc and Verstappen. Like, yes, but I mean, who knows? It's a 20 lap. 20-ish lap race. Do you How many laps is it? Do you have that handy? For the sprint race? For the sprint race, yeah. Oh, uh, no. I just know that it's 100 kilometers. Um, right. I can look so, up how many laps it is. Let's just say it's like half distance of a, of a full race, roughly. Maybe a little less. Maybe a third distance. Red Bull could still break down. You never know. I'm not saying, like, you know, they, they could have easily solved the problem, but it's a little bit more unpredictable in terms of who the top three will be this year. We know it's not going to be Hamilton Verstappen for sure. Like the the combos probably not going to be up there. I don't know why I can't find how long yeah, it's going to be. It's fine. in terms we'll, of laps. We'll see it when we when it's ten thirty Friday Saturday morning. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you on the top eight. I think because, like you said, Imola is a difficult place to get moves done and to make up spots that probably makes qualifying all the more important. And so it introduces what I think will be some interesting strategies for the sprint race because you want to be up towards the front. So I think we might be in for some decent entertainment and that's, I mean, frankly what it is because if we're just going to go for pure racing, we would probably, in my opinion, 
I think I was, I sent Hickey something the other day that was like a, a Raikkonen 2004 qualifying lap when they just used to be able to do single lap qualifying alone. Oh, so much fun. It was so cool. And that's what, you know, it takes a lot longer, I guess, probably to get through. So theoretically, if the top eight get points, that means there's more of an incentive to make Q3, you know, especially in that. Mm-hmm. Really, you want to be in that 8 to 12 range. Come. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. the start of the sprint race so tomorrow probably by the time you're listening to this you want to qualify in the 12th so if you're in the top 12 by the time you're listening to this you have a decent chance of scoring points come a day from now so at least that should also you know, i don't want to say make qualifying more interesting because it's you know still the same format but you might see guys pushing a little bit harder yeah no, I think it's, I mean, I don't know. I'm excited to watch. It's, I I feel like it's been a long time since we just had Australia, but it's only been, what, two weeks? I feel like Australia was like six months ago. Yeah. Well, it, it feels like that for some reason. We're back to one single DRS zone, for those of you who were pissed off about that at Ugh. Australia. Thank God. And from what I've been reading... We know that Red Bull is a lot faster, right? In a straight line, they're able to get that yep. that top speed advantage. Um, but I think the rest of the track, other than what is it, the the first sector? Yeah, the first sector I think yeah. is going to be a Red Bull sector for sure. 
but then you get down to the rest of the track and it i think ferrari's gonna dominate the other sectors so it's yeah gonna be i can see that i mean once see. you get past that long sweeping right hander and you you head onto the straightaway it's a long straight and you can overtake but if if you can build up a, a enough of a lead to where the effect of that drs is I don't want to say minimized, but you can still hold him off no matter what. You know, Leclerc could, or I don't want to say Leclerc, Ferrari could build up time on the the rest of the track to give themselves a buffer and and make some space. So yeah, I, I could see that. And I'm I, not going to say they're going to dominate though. I'm going to. It's going to be tight still. This could be a track where porpoising is less of an issue. Not sure about that, but because we don't have the super long straights, we might not see an issue. But, I mean, teams may have to also put crank more downforce on for the, yeah. for the corners. But you, you don't have the same issue with porpoising in the corners as you do in the straight line. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because, obviously, teams like McLaren and Ferrari... No, sorry, not Ferrari. Mercedes are struggling with porpoising pretty bad. And Ferrari, we've seen. Have you seen the onboard or like the visor cam? Nuts. Yeah. What did you send me earlier about like concussions from from the porpoising? It's probably not a good thing that I don't remember considering I have in fact had concussions and now we're talking about them and I don't remember. So I don't remember. It looks like you're jumping up and down on a trampoline in the yeah, car it's, pre- it's pretty rough it's i can't imagine it being enjoyable to drive that no it's brutal so i'm really hoping that the teams get it figured out i gotta say i expected them to get a handle on it a lot quicker than they've been able to yeah and i think that could just be because they have a better chassis design than the Mercedes powered cars, so they're able to negate the effects with just a little bit of tweaking versus a lot of tweaking. So, and I'm just guessing here, unless I'm by no means an expert, but they've they've definitely figured it out. They at least how to handle it better, you know, whether that's because of suspension or or springs or what have you, or ride height or a combination of all of that. They've been able to minimize the impact it had. We'll also see which teams are going to bring upgrades. I mean, they've had that gap between Australia and now this is the first European round. So teams tend to typically bring some upgrades. So we might see a little bit of a shakeup, at least in the midfield, I think. Is it annoying to you that... So Australia was two weeks ago. Essentially, since the Monday after Australia, we've heard Mercedes is going to bring the Skittles upgrade to its car... And Ferrari is going to bring the Mountain Dew upgrade to its car. Like, why don't we just wait and see what they're going to bring? Because half the time, this crap changes because they run out of time. They can't get the parts shipped to whatever country they're in. Like, and I, I, it's just not even like newsworthy. It's dumb. Like, let's just wait until like Wednesday of race week and go, okay, based on what we've heard because this stuff changes so much unless you have a race on back-to-back weeks when you're really not bringing many if any upgrades at all but 
It's really exhausting. Okay, that's my old man rant for the day. I don't know. I guess when we have a, a break, people need to speculate and talk about Formula One in any way they can. So they're just talking about <sighs> it. Go go complain about Lando fans or something like that. Or go go rile up Lando fans. Oof. That's probably I'm gonna get I'm gonna get. <laughs> I, I do not advocate doing that. I, I think you will be putting yourself in a really uh, I don't know how to like unpleasant situation if you try to take on Lando fans. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's get to our I think our predictions for this weekend and all right, see what we think. I'll take over here. Who's having a good weekend? Someone who's not obvious. Let's see who's going to have a good weekend. Um, let's go with Esteban Ocon. All right. I will take Yuki Sonoda. Okay. Bad weekend. Bad weekend. We are going to see... George Russell have a bad weekend. He's he crashed with Botas last year, if you remember, and that was yeah. a pretty awful race for both of them. I will take well, let's go all in. I'll take Lando Norris. Okay. So Lando right. fans, um, Lando apparently fans. Mike wants to fight with I'm you. Out, I'm I'm out for blood. <laughs> let's see here. Okay, surprise to make it into Q three. Hmm, who would be surprising? Um, I think it'd be pretty surprising to see Vettel make it in at this point, unfortunately. So let's let's say he does it. All right, Q3. Let's go with Zhou Guan Yu. Kind of borderline top 14-ish on a weekly basis at this point, but... Let's say he sticks it in there in Q3. All right, so we have a sprint race, so we need to do some sort of sprint race prediction. We can't do the top three because that's boring. Let's go with who is going to finish just outside of the points? Ninth. Ninth or tenth. You know, in that kind of like just outside the points range. doesn't have to be exactly ninth. could be ninth, tenth, eleventh-ish. Just outside the points in the sprint race is going to be I feel like I need to look at the drivers for some reason for this but let's say Alex Albon I feel like I always pick him for stuff I was going to take him because I feel like the Williams cars were decent here last year before Russell had his incident in that case I will take Sergio Perez I think he's going to have a not a great Saturday. Maybe not a great, not a great qualifying to lead to not a great Saturday. Hey, he's the current points leader, Sergio Perez. No, I'm sorry. He's the, he's second in points. I meant. Isn't George Russell second in points? <laughs> Just delete this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. Del- You're never wrong. So you were no, you wrong to- like. You have to delete that <laughs> twice in six seconds. Like this is a moral victory for me. I don't know what I, I don't know what I'm thinking. <laughs> have you been He's... drinking? Are you okay? <laughs> no, I've not been drinking. <laughs> that, 
That was impressive. I'm like, what planet are we on right now? I don't know what I was thinking. He's he's ahead of Max in the points is what I was thinking. Yeah, so that totally equates to second in points. It's just so I'm so used to like Max being up there that I'm just like, oh yeah, Sergio's there. <laughs> All right, well, we'll wrap it up there. Guys, enjoy all the racing this weekend might do a little bit of tweeting of it we'll we'll see and be back next week to recap it and i don't know oh i hope you enjoyed our formula e episode yesterday with andre lauder that was a lot of fun to record frenchy you're waving i'm gonna let you go before yeah sergio was second in australia and that was just on my mind so it's like, you really like he's, Australia. He's second there, so I'm like, okay, that's where he is in the points. Second forever. And then and then Russell was third. So that for some reason I was just like, oh, that's where the points are. But obviously wrong. Good recovery. Also, oh, wow. yeah, Formula E episode was really fun to record. Hopefully we'll do more of those. Yeah. We definitely will. All right, guys. Everybody have a lovely weekend of racing. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix, dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.